Welcome to Reforming Slavics. My name is Nick. Hey, and I'm Tom. Uh, you can, before we start, you can follow us on Instagram at Reforming Slavics. And if you want to email us or have any questions, it's reformedslavics at gmail.com. Today we're going to be talking about Christian freedoms in regards to tattoos, alcohol, and some other things that may be questionable and kind of have an influence in our in our culture and the way Christians live. Um, it, it would seem that there is always a side that says there's Christian freedom, that there's freedom in Christ to go on and do a particular thing. And there's another side that says, well, I think that Christians should stay away for, from it. Even though there's no explicit ban on it in Scripture, there is a danger to it. There's a danger to um, this subject or this particular activity or this substance. And um, the danger always outweighs the benefit. So those are the kind of two sides in the balance. Yeah, because right, the Bible does give us rules. It does give us things to follow along. But it can't micromanage every single thing within our day. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are choices that Christians make that are not descriptively and pl- blatantly stated in Scripture, right? Like, is it inappropriate to have cornflakes rather than Cheerios? There's no more There's no more Christian way to answer that question, right? Mm-hmm. What you, whatever you want to do. Now, what happens is a lot of times there are histories to certain things, like like tattoos, for example. Like there's a history of tattoos dating from ancient pagan times to modern day era. And the reasons they were gone, the type of methodologies that they were gone with, and the meaning behind them has changed throughout culture, throughout millennia. And so when, in modern day, we can say, well, there are a lot of Christians with that tattoos, you know, and there are multiple justifications for those things. And then there are people who say those people are in sin, you know, like if we go back to Leviticus and essentially this is the only descriptive method, like descriptive passage of tattoos in, in the Bible. There are other instances where it talks about pagan practices, but primarily if you go to Leviticus, 1926 it says you shall not eat any of any flesh with blood in it no no pagan practices like that and that you shall not interpret omens or tell fortunes you shall not round the hairs of your temples or mar the edges of your beard you shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves i am the lord and this is part of the holiness code that god gives to the people of israel in order to differentiate them from the other um, cultures of the other peoples. And holiness means set apart or set for a specific purpose. And the way the Israelites show that they were set for a specific purpose is through actions like the the ones I've read. Now, I, you know, modern day, if you tell fortunes and you interpret omens, you, you're a new age cultist. Like, you are playing with demons and demonology and you're worshiping these things like you're clearly on the wrong end of spiritual understanding if you trim the edges of your beard probably not i mean i, I think you're good right um so, yeah so what's it what's inherently different between those it's it's the well there's a couple of things right one has to do that one has a lot more support from scripture 
meaning if you if you go throughout the scripture there's a there's a history there of interpreting omens or mm. telling fortunes it signifies so, telling fortunes and interpreting omens signifies some external knowledge other than from yourself and that knowledge is particularly gotten through methods which include communicating with strange spirits with strange spirits or spirits other than god right yeah. trimming your beard is not have any significant communication with you know you know demons you're just doing some kind of a grooming task yeah now tattoos were primarily a pagan culture that signified some kind of allegiance either to a deity a tribe or some kind of spiritual aspect of it, right there were People don't one day wake up and say, I'm going to cut my body and then pour inks that were derived from certain plants and I'm going to have this instilled in me. There is a fountain or a foundational reason why people did this in tribes and and through historical cultures, right? Mm -hmm. And so we take all that history and we bring it to modern day and we say, well, we don't... people." Christians don't get tattoos for those reasons, right? People can get scriptural verses. People can get X, Y, or Z. Like you can, you can get any tattoos, but even even in that, like there's a difference between tattooing, you know, your forehead with the third eye, which is clearly you know demonic, can do third eye opening, or you can get a butterfly on your ankle, or you can get you know a piece of scripture on your forearm. Like those are different different aspects and different types yeah <laughs> now culturally speaking in the russian community tattoos have a clear history of uh, essentially criminals who were in jail got tattooed to represent that they were in jail it was it was the for lack of a better word the low lifes of the society who portrayed themselves and were proud in the fact that they were tattooed and so that um, converged with you know the modern church in the United States that speaks still speaks Russian and Ukrainian, and um, there is this cultural uh, dissonance where in the United States um, people have gotten okay with all these things and primarily for reasons of wanting to get noticed or fitting in. Like, what are some what are some reasons do you think people get tattoos in the Christian church today? Um. I'm trying to think. Like if you really know. if you really psychoanalyze, I guess. I guess it's just kind of trendy or it's maybe kind of in style. Um I guess some people's excuses uh or reasoning is that it's going to help them maybe this is probably more rare but to maybe evangelize to some certain people to become old things to old people. Except not to old people, but to certain, so, I guess people that people. like tattoos. Yeah, and the, I mean, <laughs> I think that was that's an issue with a lot of tra- trends. It's not necessarily that it's tattoos. It's the fact that the reason a lot of Christians got tattoos was because the culture was leaning that direction, right? Yeah, I would go as far as to say as it it'd be cooler to get a tattoo now, since everyone's taking their tattoos off with you know technology that's available now. Or than than it was when it was cool. In other words, if you really want to be a Christian, get tattoos when they're not popular with the world, and don't get tattoos when they're popular because you're making a distinction there. It's it's like the countercultural movement of Christianity, right? 
we we should strive to not mirror the culture but um step step away from even at, in things that are seem minute right and it again this is not this has nothing to do with being sinful it being sinful is just the fact that the reason people do a lot of these things like tattoos or or you know is because they're influenced by the culture so are you saying so you're saying getting a tattoo is not ultimately um sinful no the, the scripture does say it was on like it was it was an image of holiness for the israelites yeah but there's not enough like if you get a scriptural verse on your forearm or whatever there's not enough scripture to say that is an actual sin that should be repented of yeah and the reason is because you would have to also apply to the rules of like trimming your beard not not trimming the sides of your beard which is like the next verse yeah and there are there are certain things that kind of transferred over right from these laws there are foundations but yeah. a lot of laws were in the way that they went away they were ceremonial yeah now in regards to just personal challenges i remember like one of the biggest difficulties i had is i was witnessing to a girl in high school and we became pretty good friends and she came to our church and um like she was gonna get a tattoo and she told me i'm like and i just had this inner thing where i was like my personally i really don't want you to get a tattoo because somehow i see i see it as sinful when i was younger uh, and at the same time i'm reading scripture i'm like i can't really find a scriptural basis for us and so it was really difficult for me it was like i want to tell her that it's wrong and it's sinful and you shouldn't do it mm-hmm. and yet it almost felt like it was my my own made-up idea of what you know what is sinful and what is not yeah what about when people say you know your body is the temple of the holy spirit I would almost, I almost go go back at the Christian. You know, we have an obesity problem in the United States. I think that's a, a lot bigger of significance than any tattoo. But I will say that um, if we're going off of like the, like, does that verse work, or is it just out of context because it's talking about like sexual immorality, or I, is there a general principle? So. I was thinking about that today too, and, and like my answer seemed to come from when your glorified body is resurrected, right? I don't believe you will have the tattoos that you've placed on yourself, right? And so you're talking about when you have a glorified yeah, when you get resurrected in final glory and you have a glorified body, you live within heaven and Christ. I don't think people will um, retain their marred tattoos on their body, and that brings or, up the, or they're like hair extensions and that that brings up a question of are what what's your motivation behind getting something like that are you actually trying to deface the image of god that's been placed on you are you trying to somehow mar it and 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 corrupt it Mm -hmm. because i don't it's really difficult for me to see the like how you accentuate or, or make it better you make you know the body better by putting ink on it and well, I can't, again, I don't, th- this is just, this is like a preference thing. This is like yeah. chocolate rather than having strawberry. I, I don't think it's sinful. I just have a preference. Like if my kid grows up, I'm going to tell him, hey, can't get a tattoo. Well, why? Just because, you know, because. That, that'd be my answer. It's a preference. And yeah. I have reasons for my preference, like the historical background of paganism tattoos, like just the for lack of a better word, uncivilized nature of it. 
right? But tattoos can be very um, adored by some people in some cultures, and some Christians really like getting their kids' names on, on their, you know, tattooed and Bible verses to remind them of things. But it, again, I believe it's a prefer- preferential thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of like just practical things, just like wondering about how a tattoo, like a lot of people regret tattoos. And like, you're, like you just said, like there's more people getting them removed right now than getting them put on. Well, at least, at least the, People are making more money from removing yeah, tattoos. Yeah, I think people in eighties are making more money from laser because tattoo removal. It's, it's more expensive than getting that tattoo, isn't it? But it, it boils down to the fact that like tattoos are not significant anymore because if you can get something removed, it's not really that permanent. Yeah. Um. But that again, that's just a side note. But from scripture, I don't think it's necessarily a. There's not enough for you to stand on to say that's somehow sinful and how somehow. Um, against god's will and you must repent for that and it, it's a damnation issue i don't yeah. believe that that's the case yeah, and i think I'll, I'll, yeah go ahead. i think a lot of christians unfortunately make it like such a big deal and i mean there's p- christians on both sides there's people that get tattoos just for the sake of like flaunting or f- to flaunt their christian freedom almost to rub it in the face of people that well people you know, want to get noticed i mean why do people dye their hair blue <laughs> not not for you to unnotice. It's for you to for them to get noticed, right? Yeah, those people are usually Karens. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but but it's kind of interesting. Like like with our topic today, like whatever aisle you land on, the Bible. Like we're gonna read scripture, and it's gonna be talking about how whatever side you're on, like what even if you. Whether whether you believe it's a good thing to get a tattoo or if it's a bad thing, um, God will, God will, uh, He can judge you for if you judge another Christian wrongly, like in a way that's prideful, in a way that's without unity, right? Yeah, primarily Scripture when it talks about Christian freedom issues, the sinful part of that comes in when you are putting your own freedom. And you're pressing it on someone, forcing them to go against their conscience, or you're actually judging someone to the point of making them think they're a sinner because of their Christian freedom. So God primarily opposes the force of trying to conform someone to your own conscience rather than the thing itself. For example, like in alcohol, right? Um, drunkenness is something that people go to hell for rather than, right? But drinking alcohol is not something that people are condemned. Like scripture clearly says, all drunkards will be in the lake of fire. Right? So so there is a severity there. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people would say that because of that, I'm not going to participate in any consumption of alcohol because that's something that I said get sent to hell for. And my question would be like, don't you participate in the Lord's Supper? Don't you consume? Well, well, that's different. Well, no, it's not. It's still alcohol, right? And God gives you freedom to drink alcohol. And it says that alcohol makes the glad heart. The glad, mm-hmm. you know, the, the heart glad. Psalm 104. Yeah. And alcohol is the thing that Jesus created with his first miracle. Like, that was alcoholic wine. Um there, there's many things in scripture that talk about alcoholic wine. When um, 
the feasts occurred all the time in like when, when you're we, re, we just started reading kings and israel consumed alcohol during the feast right hannah's praying to god and she's accused of being drunk right she, he, eli doesn't say don't be drinking he says stop getting drunk yeah wasn't it also talks about like a blessing from god would be that you're able to have a good harvest and then also produce good wine yeah um a lot of it's interesting that a lot of christians bring up uh things about how in that culture wine was used primarily for uh because water was so oftentimes dirty it was like an antiseptic yeah and so it was it was added because it would a lot of times kill the bacteria and so their 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 wine was completely different. It was a lot lot more watered down. Yeah, but they also had wine that they drank that was alcoholic. Jesus did not create a watered down wine. In fact, the master of the supper of of the banquet said like you got you left at the end there's good wine. The best wine for the last. best wine, meaning it wasn't watered down wine. It was wine that was alcoholic and tasted great. Um, like that's clear in scripture, right? It doesn't matter the percentage. Maybe of Maybe al- they really liked watered down wine. It just tasted the best. In, in fact, no. <laughs> Jews actually looked down upon that, right? Like Jews wanted pure wine. And it boils down to the fact not, not the percentage of, I mean, you can get drunk off of anything if you drink enough of it, right? So it boils down not to the percentage of alcohol, but the fact that you use it to get drunk and god clearly says that is a sin now like growing up in the russian community alcohol was if you were caught drinking any kind of alcohol in any sort of place other than the lord's supper you were looked upon as someone who participates in what the world participates in and therefore it was sinful yeah and so there is even there, if you're if you're over 21 yeah, so there wasn't <laughs> well if you're under 21 you're not supposed to be drinking according to the law yeah right but because there wasn't an undergirding structure of history where it was in the culture to drink in the christian community in the russian russian and slavic and the ukrainian and the Belarus, like there's in the eastern part of europe if you're a christian like in those regions um well if you're evangelical christian um like, for example, East, Eastern Orthodox and Russian Orthodox people are okay with drinking. They don't have an issue with it. But it's the evangelicals that seem to have, particularly the Pentecostal evangelicals. And um, that was a strong principle that they held. And so when you come and you start consuming alcohol in the community, people look on you weirdly because it is a culture shock. Now, the problem with that is people condemn you because you drink alcohol and that is something that paul writes about and for example right it says like you have the freedom in christ to do so and there's two ways of going about it right in romans it talks about that you have the freedom to do what you want as a christian within the guidelines within the fences of the scriptures but don't stumble your brother and people use that almost as a bat to bludgeon you over the head for from by saying you're stumbling me because you're drinking alcohol. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. What you're doing is you're trying to be a Pharisee and put your morality on me when I'm free to drink alcohol and you purposely want to crush my freedom in Christ, right? That happens. And the opposite happens too when you flaunt your freedom in Christ and you stumble a lesser brother. So 
both of those occurrences can occur and we really have to have humble hearts of love yeah. in order to kind of recognize those situations well, and yeah, manage the, that. The, the person that believes he's, he's okay to drink it in his conscience, it's not even that he's flaunting it sometimes. Sometimes it's like just on accident, but that person should recognize right away that that person's conscience is, is you're literally making them stumble and you're making them, uh, anxious or you're making them stressful because you're either like watching a certain movie with them. Like maybe they don't, they don't want to watch like Lord of the Rings. Cause there's like certain scary parts. There's goblins and dragons and yeah. yeah. And to, to you, like you need to recognize that, hey, maybe I shouldn't even watch that around around this person because that's, you know, it's it's a, it's a sin for them. Yeah, because in First uh, Corinthians chapter eight, Paul writes about the idea of food sacrifice to idols, right? And he says, food will not condemn us to God, commend us to God. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> we, we we are no far off. We're worse off if we do eat. We're no better if we do eat. Don't eat. But we take care of this, that essentially he's saying that don't be a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you and has knowledge that you're eating sacrifice, food sacrifice idols from the temple, you're, you're crushing someone's weak conscience. And like we should really care for that. We should really, because later on Paul says, am I not free? Am I not apostle? Am I not, have I not seen Jesus the Lord? But he says, but rather than all this, I labor that I become everything to all people. Mm-hmm. Um, there, is, there needs to be a sense of humility in regards to these things. Um, but I think the biggest issue facing the Slavic community is hypocrisy, on the other hand. Uh, there have, I, I'm, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but I'm sure that there has been more issues with hypocritical people rather than people who haven't, you know, conscientious condemned with alcohol. Meaning that people say, you shouldn't drink alcohol ever, and then they drink alcohol. And it's like, well, you're a weaker brother, or you're, you're young, you're, you're, you're in the youth, and therefore you don't understand that I can have alcohol and you can't. Or um, there's this idea that, you know, I'm really offended that you drank alcohol, and if, my, if someone else sees, I'm offended for them. And it's like... Uh, John John Chris, the comedian, he said, there has been more offenses taken than have been given in this world. Meaning mm-hmm. people get take offense when there was no offense to be given. And that seems to be happening a lot in the Christian community. And that takes humility too, recognizing that you are not the moral police of the world. No one has to submit under your conscience because you are not God. Mm. Yeah. The there is some like practical principles or like wisdom things though thinking about like if you completely abstain from alcohol except for like medicine or the lord's supper there is some like practical things because i see like isn't there some like practical things to where if you don't drink alcohol there's like less temptation for you to ever get drunk well there is no temptation for you to get drunk if you don't drink right yeah so like that 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 just makes your life easier people who do drink alcohol they always have to be cautious of getting drunk because the way you get drunk is by drinking alcohol um those people yeah. who don't drink they just that's a worry out of their mind that that doesn't you know come up yeah because i've known you know some christian friends that 
because they had an anxious problem in their life. They were casual drinkers and that caused, and when something anxious came into their life, uh, the sin and the anxious worry in their life caused them to go to alcohol and they got drunk because it was like an escape. Mm -hmm. And that's what the, the, the root cause of alcohol and drugs a lot of times is, um, is just like you go to an escape rather than going to Christ for your anxious problems. Yeah, definitely. Because that, it, again, it boils down to is Christ Lord of your life? Uh, I think Mike Winger talked about that. Is Christ Lord of your life? And if he is, these are these are side issues. These are like the sprinkles on top of a cake. They're preferential. If you do it, be free. If you don't do it, praise God. Like there's no there's no moral um, weight in the balance here. The reason that people get so nitty gritty and feisty about it is because they ultimately want to press on someone else their own point of view and submit them to their own morality. And that should reveal a sense of pride that they need to repent of because you are not God. You did not write the scriptures, right? God has created us and human beings and he's given us these things in order for us to manage each individual according to their needs and according to their preferences within the parameters that God has set. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens a lot of times is these tertiary and sprinkle issues become the whole cake. Sorry for using the baking reference. You can't get satisfaction from a sprinkle. And that's what a lot of uh, people do. They they preach on no alcohol. They preach on no tattoos. They preach on extremely modest dress, no makeup, no piercings, no um, no ties, right? And they blow up this 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 matter into a section extreme that there's no nutrition. There's there's no there's no satisfaction in it because it's like it's like someone mm. preaching to you, you better wear baseball caps rather than beanies. Like mm. if you like it, it is on that level. It's on the preferential level. If you wear baseball caps, you will be a great Christian. If you wear beanies, you are condemned to hell. It yeah. is on the level of that. And so when people make preferences gospel, their gospel has no power because there's no substance in it. That's interesting cuz like I was listening to Jeff Durbin and he started his church as a drug rehab center, like literally out of like helping people get out of drugs, like in a hospital. Um, and he, he had people come to his church and they were messed up and they would look so like drugged out. They would look, they would dress certain ways and all this and that. And they were known as the drug church, you know? And what, what happened was people started coming to Christ, but it took a long time for the people to finally like start changing like to finally start and eventually like if you go to his church today it's been years and those people have become uh family men and they've yeah, and they've elders co- at his church and, and they pastors yeah and they dress differently now and they act differently now and what you were talking about is people focus on the on the details instead of focusing on the heart issue and if uh, relying on god to change the inner the inner heart so then the outward appearance will start to change and that people's behaviors are always an outflow from what is actually going on in the heart. Yeah, and ultimately it boils down to this idea that the person preaching that you must conform to the standards that I have provided, they have a heart issue. 
they don't might not might not recognize it, but they are trying to replace God's law with the law of man, and that's what exactly what the Pharisees did. Um, and I mean, it, it's a it's a dangerous spot to be in. Yeah, Jesus said, "Why do you clean the out outside of your cup and not the inside?" Yes, <laughs> it's like what's what's more important? You're beautiful, gonna, beautiful sepulchers. You're going to be drinking tombs. You're going to be drinking. You're going to be touching the outside of the cup. You're not. You're not supposed to, like. Right, you're going to be drinking from the inside. Like, yeah. clean the inside. That's the more important part. And, I mean, there are things that will make you uncomfortable, right? Tattoos make some people extremely uncomfortable. There's almost a disgust factor to it. People who go out with friends and their friends drink alcohol, it makes them uncomfortable at a point where they just want to get up and leave. I understand that. I, like, that's a response that people have. But that's not an issue of your friend drinking alcohol. That's an issue you have to work out with the Lord. Mm. That's a maturity issue that has to be there. It reminds me of like going, if you've ever been on a mission trip, um, people act, Christians act so differently in different cultures. Um, If you've noticed, like just the whole entire homosexual movement in America has made it more awkward for you just to like, for like guys to be like friends with other guys because yeah. especially like like yeah if you're christian then there's less there's like less less Stigma. chance yeah less that but if you're trying to be friends with another person like you might be a little more cautious because you're like maybe this guy's like coming on to me this is kind of weird <laughs> well but, I, but yeah. in nepal we had a, an experience where i wasn't there but my friend was telling me that the translator started holding hands with him and then he just looks back and the, the other person that was with them that had been there the year before, he's like, it's okay, it's okay, just go along with it. <laughs> it's like, why is the translator holding hands with me? It's because in that culture, homosexuality is not even like a a thing that people even think about or that people are like prevalent to do. Yeah. And so just being friends, like absolute, like close friends with another guy is normal and there's no homosexual like, stigma and so each culture and the way people worship and the way people uh especially christians worship in other countries they have different styles different different things and it's going to be weird to us like at first but like we have to be understanding and like a lot of a lot of this problems it's just like um we just don't talk about these things a lot of times with with one another we just completely push people aside if they look or worship differently than us yeah, it's uh, that remind me of Lord of the Rings. I'm going through the book right now, and Sam and Frodo at a point just were holding hands as they were walking. Yeah, I'm like that's so weird, you know. But it's not. It's you know, it's just something that we have gone accustomed to looking weirdly at because of the culture around us. Like I don't see many people um, greeting each other with a holy kiss in the United States either. You go to Russia, you know, every everybody's grandmother, second cousin, or Italy, gonna g- give you a smooch, you know. Everyone's got herpes over there. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are cultural things. And I mean, there are definitely caveats to it. Don't be disrespectful. Don't don't go to a fundamentalist Baptist church with their beer. Like you will get kicked out. You might get stoned. Yeah. Don't go don't go to a you know a Russian church. Don't go to a Russian church and um, wear pants. You know, sometimes, sometimes they wear skirt because, because people will look at you and judge you and it's their fault and for judging you, they shouldn't be judging you in their hearts. 
but you should show respect respect to the history and the culture over there as well right paul says i became all things to all people and the only way this dance and this this thing works where both people are submitting to the authority of christ and trying to love one another is if they're real christians like if you're willing to love one another and look past these differences that's the only way it's going to work it's it's a big it's actually a big sign of your christianity when you're willing to try to understand and try to um you know communicate with that person as a christian right but this is only in the bounds of the christian biblical standard right if you're a homosexual if you're a drunkard if you are living anti-scripturally antinomially against the law god has clear condemnation of those things you know but if things are questionable right can i read harry potter can i read lord of the, can i watch the lord of the rings can i get a tattoo can i have a glass of wine can i get my ears pierced can i get my nose pierced like if you read uh, the old testament <laughs> rebecca and isaac she got a she had her nose pierced and her ear pierced and she had a chain running from her ear to her nose if you if you go to a slavic wedding and you come up up the aisle right and you have your nose pierced and you have a chain running to your ear um, a lot of pastors will just walk away i don't know you know <laughs> it'd be it'd be true shock but that was the actual that was part of the bridal attire in the biblical yeah. scriptures and in israel maybe it was like the the pastor the pastor or the person wouldn't marry you because you don't have a nose ring yeah <laughs> so there are there needs to be um recognition that there are a lot of things in our lives that are not blatantly stated in scripture yeah. but we should there, but there are also histories to these things, and we should be able to love and understand each other. Like, yeah. So what do you think about, like we were talking in kind of in the beginning with tattoos, like what is that uh, part in the, like that, that how should we, like how should we recognize that things are influencing the Christian church rather than the Christians influencing the culture? Because, right, there's a lot of, I don't, I don't know if it's, I I almost feel like a lot of people are getting tattoos because they've been influenced by American culture. And I don't know, maybe that's not true. Maybe it is. I don't know. No, that's true. I mean, if you go to a church in Africa, a Christian church in Africa, I doubt you'll see many tattoos. If maybe, you know, could be, could not be. What about Asia? Like, right, there are all different cultures, but just knowing the Christian um american culture and the christian slavic culture um you see that primarily there is this there has had the this flood of evangelical tattoos and the reason people did it is to take a picture and post it on social media or to show it off to the community around them like very few people get a tattoo for themselves right and that says something about your heart you have some kind of need to change yourself outwardly. There's some kind of insecurity there. There's some kind of issue there in your heart, and you're trying to prove it outwardly. Right? Maybe you want attention. Maybe you want people to think of you as cool or hip or interesting. Maybe you want to prove a rebellious point. Maybe you're unique, right? All those things float float through our consciousnesses. And at times, I feel like that's the big motivator rather than I'm going to worship God through getting this on my arm. And if you do worship God with that, uh, great. Like me personally, I, I don't like them. It's a personal preference. 
Um, you don't like the tattoos, not the not the person. Uh, we'll see. About, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, we have we have our pastor. One of our pastors ha- is tatted up, right? Uh, he's one of the most brilliantly theological people I've met ever. And right, so there are people like in Jeff Durbin's church who have all kinds of tattoos. They're spiritual Christian people who fight the good fight. They convert people. They protest abortion clinics. They do tons and tons. Of, their entire life is filled with work for Christ. Mm-hmm. They will be in heaven. That There's nothing against them in Scripture. right? I also don't like alcohol. I just don't like the way it tastes. Yeah, like I've tried a little bit of beer, and it's honestly gross because it tastes like kvass, and I hate kvass. <laughs> I like kvass, but I just... Alcohol in particular for me, like, I'm just not a fan, you know? And so, to each their own. And uh, I had a really challenging time with conforming to recognizing that, like, it does say in the Bible that wine has been made to make man's heart glad. And it's a gift from God. Yeah. That verse is in the Bible. Right? So, you have to take it up with the scriptures rather than your culture or the abuses of a substance so i mean it's challenging and it takes time but those are those are in there those are in the bible it's interesting when pastor brought up um just the whole entire thing of how alcohol is so biz i don't know what the word is called business business eyes in america like very corporatized that's what it is and there's like a lot of a lot of stuff that like a lot of uh there's like so many ads and everywhere about beer and stuff and that a lot, lot of the it makes you wonder like how much has alcohol influenced um, like christian american christian lives as well like to me i see so many downsides to like if i was like a regular beer drinker just like it's bad for your weight it's bad for for your liver it's bad for your heart in moderation, Tom, in moderation. Yeah. I mean, I, I, even in, I mean, and then I see some studies where it's like, because um, I've heard the arguments like, oh, there's nothing good about drinking alcohol, but like wine could literally lower, your, like if you drink a little bit of wine, it's literally good for your heart. Yeah. Um, and I mean, most, most of the Russian parents I know either have a bottle of rum or a vodka in the cupboard and it's they, good for medicine or and they take and, a, yeah. they, they take a shot or a tablespoon when they're sick or when they have some kind of issue. And I mean, yeah, that's primarily every single person, every single Russian dad that I know who makes class makes it to the point where it's alcoholic. They just call it class instead of beer. You know, <laughs> that's just the reality of the facts. Um, like if you went and tested it, pretty sure it'd be close, not close, but maybe getting when, up there and, you know, in alcohol percentage is close to beer. So that's kind of, uh, you know, hypocritical thing that people do sometimes. We never drink beer, but we drink class. And the alcohol content is almost the same. You think it's actually the same? Cause uh, with class, no, it's not. The, but I'm saying in, in the sense of like, if you drink enough, you can get drunk. Like, So it takes a lot of beers to get drunk. It'll take maybe a little bit more to get drunk. I mean, again, everyone makes the class differently. But from my experience, I had a class that made me lightheaded from like a couple of sips. Like, whoa. No. Yeah. It's it, I don't think it's a good argument when people say like, "Oh, um oh, alcohol is different." Like 
compared to you know it's kind of like having food like some people would say oh having food like it's a good food is a good thing but you could also like overeat you could be a glutton but i think it's a lot different because like how many people die from having too much food <laughs> a lot obesity and heart disease are the number one killer in the united states right um i think that's kind of the the elephant in the room for uh-huh. a lot of christian communities is that there's a lot of people who abuse food and are gluttons and are obese and they harm their bodies to the point of disrepair and destroy them and yet you would never hear a sermon about hey you're fat and you need to repent of it and it sounds so harsh and cruel and mean but destroying your body through the uh addiction to food is a serious problem and it's sinful to be a glutton the bible says so right yeah some people are the problem is just like they don't even it's not that they're like a glutton it's more just just the food is so different in america and they're just not used to it like there's such an abundance and i could say the same ar- argument alcohol <laughs> was just so different back then it, you know there's so much more abundance you know it's like yeah that could be true but the abundance of something does not give you an excuse to not be disciplined in your christian walk discipline with alcohol discipline with food discipline yeah. with your temper discipline with your emotion but but i'm what i'm talking about like the difference of food and alcohol do you see like the difference like there's an immediate danger to having too much alcohol there's not an immediate danger to having too much food food is like a much longer duration danger i could see that yeah so i would say alcohol is more dangerous could it could it could have immediate like dangerous effects it also brings more joy and makes your heart glad more so than food so the rewards and the possible dangers are both higher with wine than let's say with a piece of cake yeah but it's not a piece of cake though yeah but the the whole point is the substance itself bears no moral value rather than the way you use it just like a gun tom you can shoot people and you can hurt people with tools and you can save people's lives with tools right and they're given by God in order for us to use them properly as Christians.